Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, where we aim to educate listeners on how to build a world-class customer engagement practice. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. We've got a great guest for you today, Ben Landy, OneSignal's lead data scientist. Ben is here to discuss data science at OneSignal, and specifically what we learned via our annual crunching of more than 4 trillion messages that were delivered in uh, 2023. So we appreciate, Ben, you joining the OneSignal Podcast. Thanks, Josh. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Well, on that note, I'd love to understand before we start getting into the data, which some pretty interesting insights here. How'd you get into data science? Yeah, so my origin story around data science started when I was doing an internship when I was studying engineering. I was working in a recycling factory, helping to build assembly lines, upgrade assembly lines, things like that. And I got really curious around factory efficiencies and downtimes. And so I started compiling a bunch of data that was actually stored like on paper. So I started collecting all this paper and compiling this data. And very quickly, I realized that 30% of the factory downtime was from this one little component that had been causing issues for years that nobody was really addressing because nobody had the scope of that problem. And so based on that information, we were able to devise a really cheap solution and make a very big impact to that factory's efficiency. And I started reflecting on this experience and it made me realize, wow, if I could get really good at interpreting insight from data, that would be a really big value add to society. And so that's when I decided to start to get into this field. That's a great origin story. We did not discuss this pre-show, so um, I'm generally uh, impressed. It's <laughs> nice. And then what brought you to OneSignal? Like, what was the driving force to come here? Yeah, so the driving force for me really was that I wanted to get around really large, really interesting data that has a lot of potential for really impactful insights. And the scale of OneSignal's data platform is really impressive. Uh, it processes around 12 billion notifications per day. There's around 16 billion unique app subscribers. And the scale of that data is really fascinating. There's so much opportunity to create really interesting NLP, really interesting analysis based on top of the data to drive insights. And uh, it, it felt like a really cool opportunity for me. Yeah. It's, well, it was one of the things that drove me. I mean, when I got here, we were 17, 18 people you know, the, I think the message volume then was a couple billion a day, but it's incredible to be able to work at that scale. I mean, today we're, we're just shy, I think of 170 employees. So it's, it's amazing to have access to that information, um, which is a great segue. So we do annually a deep dive into the data and we produce a report, which will come out in probably about a month-ish, maybe a month and a half called uh, the state of customer messaging. And um, your team does all the qualitative analysis, looking at the, the message volume and whatnot. So I thought it'd be great to have you on and kind of talk about that and the different specific insights that people could glean from that so they could get better at how they deliver messaging. So I don't know if you want to start, and we've kind of looked at this here, you've got a couple categories around metric message links, emoji usage, which by the way, was something I learned from you recently. I need to get better at this. Message frequency, user segmentation, and definitely multi-channel. So um, do you just want to start at the top with message length? Yeah, I'll dive right in. And uh, I'd love to give our, our listeners a sneak preview in terms of the state of messaging report here. So 
Essentially, in our analysis, we dove through actually trillions of data points. We collect billions per day. And so this analysis is based on a really substantial data size. And we started to observe some pretty consistent trends across messaging that where we would see certain attributes of messages drive much higher engagement rates with customers, particularly around push. So the first feature that we observed was that the length of the header on a push notification makes a big difference on the customer's likelihood to engage with that notification. So what we saw was that the sweet spot for header length is around 10 to 20 characters. So three to four words there. It's actually 80% more likely to engage than a header length that's in the neighborhood of 60 characters. So that's a pretty substantial difference. And I did a little research around this. And I started to discover this theory called cognitive load theory that was developed in the 1980s by a bunch of psychologists who were studying how can we educate people more efficiently and how can we help kids to learn better? And they developed this theory where they defined something called working memory, which is a part of the brain that processes and stores information. And the working memory in the human brain is really small. So in order for the brain to work efficiently, there is a subconscious filter in front of the working memory that does essentially these little ROI calculations all day long to determine whether it should allow certain bits of information into the brain's working memory. And so it's doing two things. It's evaluating what's the return on processing this information, but also what's the cost of processing that information. And so if we look at push notifications through that lens, push notifications that are longer with more complicated words that contain more complicated concepts, have a much higher investment evaluation that the brain is putting on it. So messages that are longer and more complex are less likely to be brought through that subconscious filter and into the brain. Um, So advice to to marketers and and messengers out there is keep your messages short and simple. Okay, that makes complete sense, actually. Uh, You want to stand above the crowd, and when it's it's too messy, like too many characters... You kind of just avoid it. I'm summarizing what you said, but basically from the cognitive load theory. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Okay, the next one, which I I love because I overuse emojis in messages, particularly internal and Slack. And I talk about this a lot when we're consulting kind of existing customers. Um, but emo- emoji usage. So it's very interesting what you found here. Yeah, so emojis are very hit or miss. Uh, it's one of those things where it can help you or it can hurt you. And it depends on how you use them. So what we found is that emojis that are used in the headers of a notification have a positive impact on engagement. So 33% more likely to engage customers when there's emojis used in the header. However, when the emojis are used in the message body, it actually has a negative impact on engagement. So there's a pretty stark contrast there, which I found very interesting. The other thing that we can advise based on the analysis is not to use too many emojis. So emoji overload is not a good thing. Okay, makes sense. Makes complete sense. Uh, and as I said earlier, I, uh, I'm i somebody who likes to put them in the header, the body, the bottom. Um, and I realize I'm, I'm probably being less effective 
So I need to get better at that. Um, next, and I think this is one that people think about often, and I know it varies greatly by what type of content you're delivering, um, what your service is, promotional versus transactional, but it's message frequency. How often should I be messaging um, users? So what do we find there? Yeah, this is a really important one. So what we found based on that analysis is that messaging subscribers three to seven times per week is the sweet spot. So the apps with the highest amounts of subscribers message roughly in that frequency. And we actually looked, because there are a, a substantial amount of apps that also message people much more than that. So there's apps that message people more than once per day, even more than five times per day. And what we saw is that those apps do engage their subscribers more, but they tend to have much lower subscriber counts. So the most successful apps in terms of building subscriber bases message between three and seven times per week. There's also some interesting findings around the timings of sending messages as well. So timings are really important. We want to send people messages that are most timely. What we found is that Mondays are the busiest days for people receiving messages, uh, which means that if you're sending messages on Mondays, they're most likely to get lost in the mix. Messaging on weekends is actually much is much better in terms of being able to stand out above the competition. Okay, that's good. That's good. Good information. So Mondays are are too busy and it's harder to to stand out. Weekends maybe a little bit slower and make it better engagement. Exactly. And then anything around frequency capping or things that you would want to suggest people do or not do. Yeah, so I think frequency capping can be really helpful. Uh, sometimes it's hard to manage essentially the amount of messages that you're sending, especially if you have segments and certain subscribers exist in multiple segments. It can happen that certain people are just getting overloaded with messages. So having cappings on message frequency can be really helpful. Great. Okay, next, and I think this probably up there with frequency is segmentation. Like, how do I segment? How valuable is that? Um, it is mind-boggling to me. We come across some some decent size uh, subscriber base, you know, customer bases with with lots of contacts and and users who will just send one message a week or one message a day to everybody at the same time. So, what did you find, and what would your be advice around segmentation of of your audience when you send messages? Yeah, so user segmentation is an extremely important strategy uh, in the modern messaging world. Uh, so based on our data, we see that apps that use targeted messaging strategies have a 57% higher engagement rate with their customers, which is massive. And on top of that, they also, on average, have two and a half times more subscribers than apps that don't use targeting messaging strategies. So there's a giant difference there. Uh, on those key metrics between apps that do and don't target their their messages. Uh, we actually had one customer at OneSignal, Joe Coffee, who started using message segmentation uh, to retarget their customers who had previously preloaded funds into the Joe Coffee app. And so when those customers would run low on funds, Joe Coffee would specifically target those customers to preload more funds into the app. And after adopting that strategy, 
they saw their revenue increase by 30%. And not only did their revenue increase, but their retention increased by 25%, which is amazing. Because for a lot of marketers, a big problem that they have is that they wonder, well, maybe sending messages to our clients will help us get more business, but it might also drive some of our customers away. They might get annoyed by the messages, so on and so forth. But what we see is that only happens when the messaging strategies are not well-targeted. Yeah, for those of you who uh, don't know, Joe Coffee is a kind of B2B product that focuses on supporting point of sale and loyalty for local coffee shops. You can read that case study on uh, under case studies at OneSignal. There's a few other actually good examples of this. Segmentation is very critical. Even basic segmentation helps. The uh, thing I always like to call out is, if you're a super loyal daily user of the app, you should get different messaging at a different frequency than somebody who is just being onboarded and hasn't actually really engaged with the product, hasn't really found the impact or the value. That's how you would want to be communicated to. So lastly, I know you wanted to make a comment about multi-channel and, and when people adopt multiple channels. And we have a, there's a lot of great data around this, by the way. We see... Um, gross profit and margin goes up like uh, there's one study out there. I think it's by Forrester. that was like 190% when you combine email and push. So I'm curious what we found and what we're going to sort of talk about. Maybe you're preluding a little bit what's going to be in the state of customer messaging. Yeah. So multi-channel is becoming extremely important. It's a really great strategy to engage with customers on different channels, email, SMS, push, in-app. The more channels you can engage with your customer, essentially, the better results you're going to see. Based on our data, we see that apps that do use multi-channel engagement have 63% better success engaging their customers than apps that don't engage across multiple channels. So it's extremely important. Uh, and my belief is that in the future, that multi-channel necessity is only going to grow. Yeah. I talk about this with customers a lot. To a certain extent, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because anybody who's saying, hey, here's my email address, here's my phone number, you know, I'm opting in to push, they're pretty much telling you like, hey, I love your product, I love your service. The likelihood of loyalty is strong. But what I always express is like, that's really critical because you're getting an important signal that this is a extremely loyal customer. You want to be taking care of them. You want to be leaning into them they're going to have an outsized influence on your success. I think it's the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of your customers will generate 80% of your, of your revenue. Um, and so understanding that and having a multi-channel strategy just by itself, you'll be able to identify the most valuable customers in your total customer base. And then you want to increase that number because every one you increase is another strong signal that they, they love your product. So, um, Anything else you want to cover or talk about? I, I mean, definitely appreciate you joining. This is great stuff. And I, I'm excited for the report to come out. I, in all honesty, I've not seen the data yet. And I know the report's being written. So I've, I'm, this is a sneak preview for me as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to kind of get a little ahead of the curve and, and reveal some of these insights for folks that listen to our podcast. Uh, thanks again for having me on, Josh. This has been fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ben, for joining. It's a pleasure speaking with you. I appreciate you being part of the team. I'm excited for all the great work you and the data science team are doing. On that note, please subscribe to the One Signal Podcast if you enjoy the content. You can find it at Spotify, Apple, Google, eventually YouTube Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many others. And if you're looking for a, a great customer engagement platform, 
used by over a million companies across the globe. You can try One Signal today for free. Go to onesignal.com. In the meantime, have a great day. Wish you all the best. Mm-hmm.